and welcome to Big Life Conversation. You're here with Barbara and Nicole on a lovely Monday, the 10th of October. Uh, it is eight minutes past four o'clock and have we got a show for you today? We have guests, we have what gets up our nose, uh, we have a little bit of health tips here and there and of course our awesome entertainment news as well. Hope you're having a good time in the sunshine out there today as well. Beautiful day with a lots of lovely, lovely sunshine. Um, how are you today, Barbara? Um, well, thank you, Nicole. Thank you for asking. Is it a, a, um, a good omen, the 10th of the 10th? I think it's supposed to be, Ooh, sounds good to me. It's a bit a full auspicious. Moon. Full oh. moon in Aries, I think, tonight. Oh, wow. So there, there well, you go, there you go. Watch out. I, I am an Aryan. <laughs> right. So I do know that um, the sun has been shining. It wasn't shining so much on the weekend. We've had a were. lot of rain. <laughs> yes. um, but it was crisp in the morning this oh, morning yeah. with a low of four and Ooh. a high of 18 Chilly today. Uh, what's chilly around Halls Gap? The sun was shining. Friday was very wet. And um, as uh, I was talking off air to, to Barbara about a family reunion that I had on the weekend in the beautiful Halls Gap. So I love the Grampians and it's such a, a stunning place to visit. And um, if you thought that it was going to be wet all weekend, well, <laughs> I think you'd be mistaken because uh, the sun actually shone. It was brisk, but the sun did shine and it was quite a, a lovely weekend oh, for good. a catch up. So um, that was also great as well. Uh, and also just to um, uh, thank our previous presenter, Nigel Loveday, with his wonderful tunes, easy listening tunes. I heard a bit of um, John Farnham there going on earlier, uh, but preceded our program. So thanks so much, Nigel, for your great program as well. Uh, so today we have a couple of things on our radar. And as I mentioned, there was a couple of guests. Uh, we have the wonderful Bridget Burton, who has been on the show before, mm. uh, is um, uh, CEO of Mad, well, not Mad Woman Monologues, but Baggage Productions is a member of the uh, production arm and is going to talk to us about Mad Woman Monologues that she does every year. And it is an amazing uh, process where people submit their monologues for review. And um, if they're lucky, they get selected to be put on display and played. And uh, they have actually got a beautiful series of, I think, two sets of series of plays coming up. So she's going to tell us more about that uh, just after 4.30. So um, looking forward to hearing from Bridget again and all her amazing work. And just a bit of a shout out to, to Bridget as well, who just finished or just handed in her thesis. So Talk about an underachiever, that woman. Very <laughs> underachieving. <clears throat> Not a triple threat at all. Uh, so many talents this Congrats. person has. And running and a family into the bargain. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So she has spared some time for us this afternoon, which I'm very grateful for. So looking forward to hearing from her. And then after five, we have... A very interesting Bri chat, I do believe. Another interesting chat. Uh, this time we'll be talking to um, Bridie Hooper, um, who's a performer and director of the production Ingress, which is being presented by the National Institute of Circus Arts, uh, otherwise known as NICA, as opposed to NIDA. And um, this is a, a 
show that it's uh, taking place as part of the um, Fringe Festival. And it's all about journeying into a woman's deep desire to live autonomously, courageously, armed with their spirit, curiosity and mortality. Ooh. Uh, so that uh, sounds intriguing. And it's running from the 11th to the 15th of October as part of the Melbourne Fringe Festival. So looking forward to chatting to her as well. I know. The Fringe Festival has been on <clears throat> lots of good fun things out there to, to get to see as well. Sure. Um, I'm assuming that you might have been out and about and seeing a few bits and pieces, Barbara, as well. Not as yet. I'm oh. still, um, I have been checking out the guide yes. to see what's on. And I've certainly, uh, I've, uh, my curiosity has been piqued by a few things. One of them um, also being um, uh, the, uh, I think we mentioned last week, the Spiegel Tent. Um, yes. Yes. Uh, the, the Spiegel uh, Cabaret Tent. at the Spiegel Tent, um, which sounds um, like it's going to be a bit of fun. Um, and, you know, lots of other things we might mention a little we bit will. later. We will. But there is some birthdays to talk about, there isn't are. there? Thank you for reminding me. Yes, around this time, um, Paul Simon, um, as in Simon and Garfunkel, of course, who's uh, gone on to have a very successful solo career um, after um, uh, going out on his own. Um, and uh, I'd also like to send birthday cheers uh, to my dear partner, Joe. Ah. Joseph, on Thursday, he's having a birthday. Happy birthday, Joe. Only three Joe. shopping days to go, as he keeps reminding me. <laughs> <laughs> Has he put a list in? Does he do that No, for? he's actually not like that. No. But, uh, well, not yet. Just anyway, sort of. Might give you my ideas. Subtle, subtle hints that the, the shopping days to occasionally, go. Occasionally, but he's, uh, <clears throat> he's pretty laid back about that sort of thing. Um, so we're looking forward to celebrating with you, Joey. And then also my friend, Jackie who is the um, godmother of my goddaughter, Sarah, who the one who got married four years ago in Hamburg. So happy birthday to you, Jackie, for the 14th. And to all you lovely Librans out there. I have a friend's husband, uh, also a good friend of ours, Carl, who has a birthday on the 16th uh, of October. So happy, um, birthday. happy birthday there as well. So that's a nice little way to cheerio those birthdays for a um, Libran uh, October, that's isn't right. it? An October yeah, birthday. It's changing a little bit towards the, <clears throat> towards the end of the month. That's right. We're heading into Scorpio. Um, That's right. I think yes. um, at my family reunion, we realised that there was quite a substantial, almost every second day of October, birthday celebration. Really? You know what they call them? They call them the Christmas New Year holiday babies. Well, someone said yes. Valentine's Day. Oh, really? Yeah, someone... so I've heard of lots of New Year celebrations with babies that we can see around that time. You work yes. it out on January, February, March, April, May, June, July, August. Yes. Right. That's nine months? Yes. yes. Quite a few August... <laughs> Uh, sorry, not August, October birthdays. Mm. And we were trying to track it back and someone said Valentine's Day being February, <laughs> but it's like, mm, maybe mm. Christmas holidays. Yes, I think so. When people are relaxed. <laughs> Lots of festivities, <clears throat> yes. Exactly, exactly. So um, happy birthday to all those born in October. Mm, yes, we do. We have quite a few of those. Um, later on in the show, I also have a, a little bit that I'd like to talk about on the health front, which is mainly around cholesterol. Mm. So I've had quite a few patients come in and say, I've got elevated cholesterol, which, you know, is a common occurrence sort of for women as they get over 50 and also men. So um, I've been seeing a few women's cholesterol elevated recently. So I'd like mm. to talk a little bit about that, a little bit about what we know about statins and all of the wonderful food and nutrients that we can have a look at to lower your cholesterol naturally, like 
blood sugar levels, it's a really easy thing to lower naturally mm. um, without having to head towards statins, which do have some fairly nasty side effects and mm. uh, gut-related um, irritations as oh well. Anyway, so that's coming up after uh, after our guest speakers. It is currently 16 minutes past four and you're on Big Life Conversation with Nicole and Barbara. Apparently last week I, I called you something else, Barbara. <laughs> so um, I'm apologising ahead if I used your name incorrectly or used someone else's name That's who's fine. normally here. That's right. I'm um, sending a big cheerio to, um, to Jacinta to our, our colleague and our anchor who said it can't be with us at the moment, but... Um, we're thinking of her. I'm not sure if she can listen to the show and uh, sending love to all the family um, after uh, the, um, the sad loss of um, um, her husband Charles a couple of weeks ago. Absolutely. Uh, he here and thinking of you today. And we gave him a wonderful farewell. We did indeed. And she did an amazing job. She did. All right. So let's go to a song. This song is dedicated to one of our birthday people <laughs> over this week. Um, and this one's for you, Joe. Happy birthday. And you're back with Nicole and Barbara on Big Life Conversation. We are, well, it's actually 25 minutes past four. We are having a good little time here catching up and uh, also finding out what's on around town. And uh, just then you would have heard two songs. One, You Can Call Me L" by Paul Simon, dedicated to one of our birthday People, <laughs> Joe, Barbara's lovely partner on Thursday, and we also had I Ain't Worried by One Republic, which is a bit of an earworm, <laughs> one that's been whistled in my family a lot at oh, the yes. moment, very yeah, frequently, but it's a nice cheery it's one. It's sort of catchy, but it's sort of, yes, <laughs> you can take it the other <laughs> you way. Can see, you can see how it could drive one crazy a little bit Indeed. as well. And thank you um, on behalf of Joe for the... Uh, for the request. The little request. If anyone has a request, I'm very open to doing a, a request, given enough notice. You can <laughs> yeah, put on that you. on our Facebook page, Big Life Conversation, yes. and let us know what you'd like us to play and we can see what we can organise here. Fantastic. We love that. Can I quickly just mention, on a sadder note, um, we lost Loretta Lynn, the country oh. music legend, um, on the 4th of October uh, last Tuesday. She was born on the 14th of April, 932. In Kentucky and the US of A, and yes, so she had a, a six-decade career, and of course, you might have known uh, that famous film starring the great Sissy Spacek in the title role, Coal Miner's Daughter. She came from a very poor background; was married to the age of thirteen. Um, quite quite wow. incredible, yeah. And uh, went on to have many children, one of whom, um, uh, as I was say, and uh, also came from a big family herself. And one of her sisters is Crystal Gale, who um, also has gone into uh, country music. Um, but, uh, yeah, she's a, a real survivor. And I remember my late mother was a big fan of uh, one of her songs, um, and they there were quite a few of those songs. Um, the coal Miner's Daughter, of course. You Ain't Woman Enough, Don't Come Home With Drinking. Um, but <laughs> One's On The Way, um, which is a hit back in the, the 70s, I think, for Loretta. And uh, you're probably too young to remember it, Nicole. Oh. But it was, very, it was very amusing, basically talking about life in Topeka uh, in, I think, somewhere in the... Around Kansas, uh, how what a contrast it was compared to the lives of Jackie Onassis and Liz oh, Taylor. Just, just, just a, a tad. Yes. And uh, here in Topeka, you know, the flies are buzzing and the slam doors are banging and the kids are <laughs> screaming. And, the, and uh, anyway, and then one's on the way, and it just ended with, um, "Gee, I hope it ain't twins again." <laughs> and, 
Oh. I think my mother could relate to that because she did have twins. Oh, <laughs> We've just yes. Had a, just had their birthday. But uh, anyway, uh, yeah, so a, a bit of fun and a contrast between uh, lifestyles. Absolutely. <laughs> oh, sad to hear her. Uh, Loretta passing, though, and uh, I know that, um, yes, she's left a, a beautiful legacy and lots of tunes that I know my family have um, listened to over the years as oh, well, yes. so a nice one. Um, I have a little bit of uh, satire, is it that time of day, uh, from The Shovel that I thought I might share with the audience. Um, what have you been thinking about the Andrew Thorburn Issues. It, it is. A, it's, it's rather complex, but I tell you what. Um, as somebody else pointed, and I, I wasn't the first person. Well, actually, I, I thought I was the first person to think this. I wasn't the only person to think this. Um, he was. I think wasn't he head of the National Australia Bank and in the, in the Royal Commission? He was indeed. He was yes, indeed. And, and I, I worked hmm. well, consulted there for many years, oh, and when he was actually CEO there. Ah, so yes. Hmm. Well, some people have said that. Um, didn't cover himself in glory there, um, according to uh, the findings of the Royal Commission. And I'm thinking, well, that might have perhaps been reason enough to think maybe he wasn't the best person for that particular role. Now, you're getting, I guess, into, into um, complicated areas um, once you get bring religion into things as well. Some people said, look, if he was, if he was just a member of this particular church as opposed to having quite a, a senior role in it, it might have been a bit different. Um, I'm sorry, I'm not um, an Essendon fan anyway. <laughs> so as a council supporter. <laughs> no. But, um, and then people said Dan Andrews should have kept his mouth shut. Dan Andrews is a member of Essendon. So as, as, a, as a citizen, he's entitled to his opinion. Yes. Um, yeah, but what did, how did you feel? Well, I had there was lots of mumblings when I was uh, contracting and running some work there around oh. the um, – perhaps some of the inappropriate things that were going on mm. or some interesting things that were going on. Um, some loved him, some didn't. And yeah. I think that's very similar for lots of different CEOs. Yes. Um, and uh, But the shovel does have a take on this, of course. Uh, as they always do. Again, this is not the opinions of us or <laughs> the station itself. This is called The Little Known Bible Verse Guided Andrew Thorburn's Time at NAB. Uh, and the Lord said unto the money changers, <laughs> go to the people and change, charge them a fee, even if you provide them no service. For it is said that he um, who cunningly changes innocent customers over a hundred million in unwanted fees will be the first into the gates of heaven. <laughs> uh, Essendon CEO for a day, Andrew Thorburn, is a man who puts his Christian faith first. So we were interested to know what part of the Christian teachings guided him during his time as CEO of one of Australia's largest banks, <laughs> NAB. He pointed us to this little, uh, little known verse in the Bible. And when you are caught, tell them not what you did, rather distract them with a meaningless purpose statement or a slogan, more give, less take. <laughs> boom, boom. I That's that was right. A... Their slogan is more than money now, isn't it? Mm. <laughs> yes, what, greed and corruption mm. as well. Mm. <laughs> yes, I thought that was quite uh, funny, yes, a bit tongue-in-cheek and uh, mm. a bit but interesting. But it does, it does um, as I say, present... As I say, some complicated issues for um, for people in terms of who they who they're hiring these days, um, and then if people get onto the whole sort of thing about the free speech and the freedom of thought, and it's look, it's uh, it's a bit of a quagmire out there, <laughs> I think. It is indeed. It is indeed, and it is for, um, thirty win minutes past four o'clock. We're going to have our first guest coming up, so we're just going to have a tune before we speak with Bridget Burton uh, from Baggage Productions about Mad Woman monologues. 
Uh, let's check that in in just a moment. Be back after this. And that was a lovely tune called Cherry by Harry Styles. A nice little relaxed one for Monday evening. You're on Big Life Conversation with Barbara and Nicole. And it is 24 minutes to 5 o'clock. And uh, I believe we have our first guest on the phone. Welcome, Bridget Burton, to Big Life Conversation. Lovely to see Well, lovely to not to see you, but to speak with you <laughs> on the other end of the line. Can you hear me? Thanks very much for having me back on again, guys. Uh, yeah. Lovely to talk to both of you again. It's always lovely to speak with you. And you've been pretty busy, I hear. I mean... Congratulations on a on some of your study. I believe you just handed in a thesis. <laughs> I did hand in thesis. <laughs> how are you how are you managing that in amongst everything else that you do? Um, look, I um, it's all about work life balance madness. Really. Um, <laughs> and um, I, I don't know if you can hear my voice, but I'm still and the recovery from is what turned out to be an endless bout of laryngitis. Um, <sighs> Possibly brought on by screaming and frustration at um the uh, at my screen whilst I um you know <laughs> tried to get <laughs> so I tried to uh, finish my psychology uh, thesis off, which is just so honest, by the way. Anyone out there thinking, "Oh, master for PhD?" No, no, just honest. Uh, it was hard enough. Um, yes. so <laughs> How long have you been working on it then, Bridget Sparby? Um About um, nine months. You're so amazing. Yes, and. and so, I'm happy to have handed you nice. Fantastic. <laughs> and doing that along with family and also, you know, we're just reading about all of the things that Baggage Productions has been up to with the Mad Woman monologues as well. So, um, yeah, yes. interesting task, along with also the, your lovely esteemed partner, um, Christina Costigan, who's partnering crime <laughs> around this p- particular piece with Mad Woman as well. Yes, that's right. I mean, look, I um, Christina is... Um, of course, a incredible support and a, um, and runs a company with me, along with Maureen White, who also so Maureen tends to be involved more in all the technical aspects of the company, and Christina and I tend to be involved in a lot of the kind of um, uh, building and driving of getting shows on and things like that. But yes, it's, it's, I mean we've been just been through all the kind of palaver of um, uh, we got the this year we actually had a slightly different process because we in fact bought in um, five new people to uh, select the monologue this year, which uh-huh. was a really, was very exciting actually, because we, um, we were looking for more diversity um, in the selection panel. We wanted to um, try and get some different voices selecting different monologues. And so, and we also as well have taken on five new directors as well this year. So I really, um, I think that the selection is really great. It's, very, uh, it's an exciting monologue selection, really great pieces of writing a really thoughtful selection from the panel. And then uh, I'm really excited by what the directors chose as well. So, again, good mix of comedy, good mix of um, in-between comedy, you know, just uh, um, the things that move back and forth between drama and comedy. And, I mean, it's just uh, it's a great lineup this year. I'm very excited. And oh. so now they're all busy rehearsing. That's what everyone's doing right now is they're busy rehearsing. Yes. Um, when are they starting yeah. up again? At the Butterfly Club, is that right? And when will that it be? It is. Yeah, so we our season will start on the seventh of November. So oh, that's great. Monday the seventh, and mm-hmm. we run for five nights. And we've got two shows a night. So the, wow. the way that they we started this last year, and it worked so nicely. We're doing it again, which was um, 
that we we have two programs of six monologues in each program. So we do twelve monologues in total, um, original work, and we um, have uh, an early program which starts at seven, and then we have another program that starts at eight thirty. So the idea is is that we like to encourage people to come and, and to the Butter- Butterfly Club and see both. Yes. So oh, you know yes. you can yeah come along and see both programs in one night because pre- what was happening in previous years was we actually had them over two weeks and so. If you wanted to see both programs, you sort of had to make two trips. And we thought, how can we make this more economical and enjoyable for the people who come to see our shows? Uh, and uh, so we, yeah, we ended up taking both slots for the um, for the Butterfly Club. That's right. great, yeah. and yeah. and a beautiful place um, to have them on as well. Such a lovely little spot. So. Um uh, a really, really nice location as well. So, Bridget, for those people that don't know about uh, the Mad Woman monologues, do you want to give everyone a bit of a snapshot? I know we've had you on many times before, but um, those that might be new to the to the show, can mm-hmm. you tell us a little bit about the the why and uh, the how and the history? Mm. So, this is our twelfth year, um, and. Wow. I mean, that's an achievement in itself as well. We've kept on going. And we, in fact, we kept going right through lockdown as well. So, um, you did. The monologues were, I guess, they came out of a time when we really felt that Christina and I and Maureen really felt, actually, at the time we were working with Tiffany Davis as well, uh, noticed and felt and and, uh, uh, were affronted by the lack of work by women. And I think one of those reports came out too around that time, which was. uh, a committee report done, which basically stated about you know a quarter of the work was being done was being written by women, and the rest of it was being written by men. And mm-hmm. so we thought, how can you encourage people to write? What what what's a way to get people writing? Mm-hmm. People who maybe never thought they could write, you know, yes. or or and, and sometimes a play seems insurmountable. A novel is huge, you know, and even short stories. But it's sort of monologue, not. Yes. Hard. I mean, mm. you know, a monologue is a short piece of writing. And if you like to write for theatre and you, and you hear voices, you know, you hear the characters' voices and you're excited by that, then a monologue could be the way to go. So we just met, put out, we said, OK, we'll just do it. We'll just do like a festival of monologues. How hard can it be? Um, <laughs> so, <laughs> famous last words, really. Um, <laughs> so it's not really hard. It's just that if you want to do something really well and you want to produce something of quality and you want to do... Um, you want to be respectful and give service to the people who submit to you, then everything requires personal touches and personal energy all the time, you know. So it's the reason why I guess we're not an enormous, fast-moving um, conglomerate is that we like to keep things um, small and personal and we like to, like to continually remain in contact with our writers and all the people who work with us, you know. So so we called for submissions, they came in, and then we put the... We, we literally went into venues... I had directors, 14, 15 directors, actors, mm. and everyone did the whole thing. And originally, everyone worked for free, including us. So baggage was got all the costs and everyone, because we only did one or two nights. And so a, a pretty interesting change that's happened this year is that, in fact, we're making shows profiteer. And so that means wow. that if you're involved now as a writer, a director, uh, an actor, or a crew member, you actually will get a share of the amount of money that the show makes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, that's great. So it's... um. We're trying hard to kind of give service to um, and respect to the people we work with, and we're trying hard to keep the quality, and, and we're also trying hard to encourage women to write, you know. Um, and so we have. We've had we've had hundreds and hundreds of women send us hundreds and hundreds of models, and it's thousands wow. probably by now. That's and a big job. It is a big job, but 
but you know it's a it's a great job really and it's it a is. wonderful festival because it um it produces every year thoughtful funny clever heart-wrenching poignant work every year and i go along and watch and think my god people are clever yes um you know they just these women are so clever and and wonderful directors and actors that are sympathetic and thoughtful and and it's just it's always a wonderful piece of work for the mm. the yeah, and we so, love yeah. it too. And I just, oh, yeah, I just want to to reiterate that the wonderful work, and also, you know, as you've said in the past, with the lockdown and continuing mm. through that, that mm. there was certain themes that would come out each year as well. So mm. the the difference in the the mindsets of people and and the writers um, mm. change over time as well. So you get such a a different perspective each year. Um, yes, I was just wondering if you right. had some of that this year. Obviously, there's some comedy there, which is great to see. Mm. Um, um, any themes? Look, I'm not sure, really. I, I, I've read, I didn't read every single monologue this year, so normally I read all of them. Um, just doing well. a couple of other I, uh, things, <laughs> yes. Um, I wasn't, I wasn't reading them this year. So I read, of course, I read the, I read all the short list, and then I read all of the the group ones that are going in, and. Um, in a way, they're quite, um, I mean, not the part at all. They all have a sense of relationship in only that, you know, there's, um, I mean, there's, there's nostalgic um, reflections on being young in there. Um, there's uh, dissertations on hair waxing. Um, <laughs> you know, there's getting ready for dates. There's um, uh, thoughts about the, the death of loved ones, you know. Yes. And all, as always, there's always those things in there. And um, there's... I mean, it just ranges enormously, you know, back and forth between topics. And Which so, is great. Well, I, say I didn't notice it so much. I mean, I think I've commented to you in the past that, um, that murdering men is often quite a <laughs> um, uh, However, this year, not so much. So really? Not so much. Not murdering <laughs> women either? No. <laughs> Murder yeah. doesn't feature at all. <laughs> <laughs> I think um, the men of Australia should be the size of the least. Australia <laughs> have stopped writing about killing them. Uh, <laughs> At least for this but, year um, or whatever. <laughs> well, this year, yes, this year. Let's not hold our breath. Um, so, yeah, it's. Um, I, I've been really impressed by the the breadth of what, what we get and every year. But I, as I said, this year it's been kind of yeah, it's quite wide, quite broad, and about all interrelated in their own way. You know, uh, just that wonderful female voice, really. Um, yeah. Talking about the things that, and I read them and think, oh, I recognise that moment. I feel that moment. <laughs> <laughs> you know. That's a good sign. <laughs> it is. Yeah. It is. So, so lots of uh, rehearsals going on at the moment, I believe. Yep, yep. Everyone's in rehearsal at the moment. So, twelve directors with twelve actors, twelve monologues all around Melbourne right now. Um, just busy directing and getting them looking nice and uh, tight in the state to go on on the set. So um, it's always a pretty um, hectic schedule once we start. You know, we bump in and we dress rehearse and we do all the ticking on one day. We're very, we're very efficient. Um, yes. And then, yeah, and and then we run. <laughs> yes. Yeah, that's right. And so, will you be filming uh, any of them at all, Bridget? Just we always film them, actually, Bob. We do it every year. Okay. Um, we, we professionally film them the first years of lockdown when we were sort of all up in arms yep. and wondering what the heck was ever going to sure. happen again. Yes. Um, but we always film them every year. However, they're not. Um, the filming is not really made publicly available, and that's just because we have a record, so we keep a record. Yep. And it's usually done because we have writers who submit from overseas, and so some of them can't come and see their work. And of course, oh, that kind yeah. of it sort of undermines the whole idea for us. You know, yes. the whole thing is 
see your work and see what, how amazing your work is, mm. you know. And um, and also, of course, that the sometimes the actors like to be able to see their work as well, and of course, directors. So we do keep a record and we do get, make that available for cast, crew, and creatives. Yeah. But um, that one year we filmed it for the. Um, the lockdown was made available to everyone. Yes, yes. Um, that was fantastic. Yeah. I saw quite a few of those and they were wonderful. Yeah. Oh, I'm glad to hear that. Yeah, it was a great year. And so, and just, you know, emotionally beautiful to see them being filmed given that we just were not sure what was happening. And, no. um, yeah. you know. And the yeah, show yeah. still went on. Indeed. Well, it was a creative time for many people and, and some not so, but I know mm. that generally people in the arts, it was it was a very, very tricky time. And to but, pivot. Um, yes. to, yeah, to pivot, mm. but to also still have something that was able to continue on just in a different format. I know mm. many would have, you know, celebrated that or, or you know, found yeah. that to be very therapeutic as well. I, I think in, this, in times like that when... And, you know, I mean, the pandemic is obviously not finished. We're still, we're still, everything's still kind of here, but in a different format. But I do think that there are always two, two you know, a spectrum of, of things that come out of that. And some of it can be very good, very interesting, very creative and exciting. And, and then, of course, some of it can be very devastating and, and difficult. And, you know, venues close down and, and people just give up on the field of acting and writing. And, mm. you know, and that's across every profession, isn't it? We've yeah. across all yeah, professions. Yeah. Everywhere we go, a spectrum of, of behaviours and backlash and, and impact from something that's as huge as, as, as the COVID pandemic. So yeah. I feel like I'm very glad we still are going. Mad Women is still going and Indeed. Baggage yeah. is still going. Yeah, Absolutely. And I think we are all really excited about being able to go out and <laughs> see things <laughs> So <laughs> and how you know joyous that is and how uplifting and how nice it is to get out and about again and I know you know it's still you know it's been a been a way since we've been in lockdown but (laughs) we're still a little bit scarred and I think um it's quite nice to get out and um see things and seeing original works and how wonderful that is and supporting women at the same time so um uh, we love the work and we're grateful for it as well (laughs) Oh, well, thanks so much. It's great to um, I look forward to maybe seeing you guys there and I look forward to seeing some of the listeners there too, I hope. Um, Absolutely. It's well worth supporting. Um, if you want to book a ticket, yes. uh, you can You can either go to the Butterfly Club site or you can just type in the Butterfly Club. And, in fact, you can type up the Butterfly Club and the Mad, and Mad Women Monologues and that will bring up the exact site for you. Ah, uh, great. So it's very easy to find them. It'll tell you what's in the programs and perhaps you... It'll tell you, in fact, who the actors are, the directors and the writers. So if you know someone and you think, oh, I know that writer and I'd like to see their work. Or if you're just, not, if you're just excited to see anything, this, both programs will be wonderful. And, um, you know, highly recommend coming along. And every year also the Butterfly Club make a special little cocktail for us as well and call it something Aww. very punny and funny. Aww. And so um, I recommend that if you, um, if you like to have a drink, uh, obviously... Thinking responsibly, but if you like to, <laughs> then you could always have a little cocktail. Oh, uh, that's nice. A very funny, punny cocktail. <laughs> oh, I love that. I love that. It's a nice little touch, it isn't is. it? It's a nice little special touch. <laughs> um, I was just going to say we've also put the links to, I think it's Eventbrite that, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, that all the tickets are all available on that's as fine. well. That's and correct, yeah. uh, we've put that on our Facebook page as well if people want to go to Big Life Conversation as well. And I did notice also that you've got some nice posts on Instagram um, mm-hmm. that outline all of the different uh, 12 plays. 
um, mm-hmm. and okay. who's who's directing those, uh, who's written those and performing those. So um, yeah. that's a really nice thing to look at before you head down and book your ticket. Yeah, and also there's a little early bird special on the moment as well. Just oh. between 39 until October 16th, I think. So it just means all tickets are 28 bucks. That makes them that bit more affordable. Yes. So, you know, I think for a price there's 35 So just, yes. you know, keep that in mind. If you're going to book tickets, you can always book them now. Yes. It's a little bit cheaper. That's a bit nicer. Ah, <laughs> it's always nice to have that as well. So mm. get in before the 16th for a discount and uh, mm. get the early bird rates. And uh, hopefully we will see you at one of the productions. Looking forward to it. Yes, can't wait. Bridget, can I just check with you? So it's opening on the uh, 7th of November. Um, and how long is the season running? So running for five nights, Barb. So mm-hmm. you'll go from the 7th to the 12th. Great. Two shows a night. Beautiful. Fantastic. All right. And I, I keep in mind, too, that, look, the venue is not a very accessible venue. I'm saying this for people in wheelchairs. Yes. Um, unfortunately, they don't have a um, an elevator in there, so uh, it's got a lot of stairs. I'm very sorry to people who for whom accessibility is an issue, but it is probably important to note that just yes. in case. Yeah. A lot of stairs up and a lot of stairs down. That's true. Unfortunately, it's just one of the disadvantages of that particular thing. Yeah, it's, it's tricky sometimes. So, yes, mm. the first production's at 7pm and the second production's mm-hmm. are at... 8.30pm from the 7th to the 12th. Get along and see the Mad Woman Monologues for 2022. Thanks so much for talking with us today, Bridget. It was a pleasure. Thank you, Thanks, Bridget. Yeah, take care and uh, see you you soon. Bye for now. And you're back with Big Life Conversation with Nicole and Barbara. We had a wonderful conversation there with Bridget Burton from Baggage Productions and the wonderful Mad Woman Monologues that are coming up at the Butterfly Club from the 7th to the 12th of November. And you can get your tickets from the Butterfly Club uh, on the website there or Eventbrite, or you can even go to our Facebook page, Big Life Conversation, and I popped the link in there for you if you'd like some great theatre, some monologues and a bit of fun. And also to note that, as she mentioned, there's some discount tickets or early bird tickets available until the 16th of October, which is quite nice as well. Uh, And before that, we have listened to uh, the Just the Thing by Paul Mack and Heat Waves by Glass Animals to keep your um, drive home, if you're driving home, uh, entertained and a bit of bopping there as well. Um, It's three past five o'clock. Shortly, we've got our next guest coming up, um, the lovely Bridie Hooper, who'll be on the call just after about around 10 past five today. Um, But before that, we've got a few little bits and pieces to um, keep you entertained with. There's lots going on um, in the world at the moment and uh, the Fringe Festival is one that has lots of things out and about at the moment. Barb, off air, we were talking about there's actually Kids Fringe on at the moment. And, um, yeah, the the Fringe for Kids, Um, XS, the X, the S, as a special program of experimental, contemporary and live art for kids and it's been described as big ideas, perfect for little minds and it's an invitation to think differently about what art for young people and their grown-ups can be. So you can explore these brave new worlds um, with such productions as Kidstruments Live by Playable Streets. That's co-presented with the Melbourne International Jazz Festival which, uh, as I'm, if I may segue, is um, kicking off um, at Chapel Off Chapel on the 15th of October and um, featuring people like Morgana and Emma Donovan, Christopher Hill, Transients, um, and um, a whole lot of other 
this as well. So check that out on the website. It's running for, um, uh, as I say, starting from the 15th of October, which is Saturday running through for the week. Um, and other kids' stuff includes Pram People by Polyclot Theatre, Reckoning by Future Ancestors um, from Beat Entertainment, Saltbush by Campania TPO, Threads by The Ballroom Projects, Who Done It? The Great Art Robbery, which sounds intriguing, by Mark Ball, co-presented with the Dublin Fringe Festival, and Yummy, the Kids Extravaganza by Yummy Productions. So check out the website um, for more details about that. Sounds good. And there's also, as I mentioned last week, the um, in the White Horse News, there is a spring festival on on the 23rd of October from 10am to 4pm. Um, lots of fun activities for the whole family there, music, um, rides, there's reptiles, etc. <laughs> so um, lots to get along and have a look at. But if you want to know more about that, check out your White Horse News, um, which has all of the details of who's on and when. So that's something nice for the Spring Festival, Whitehorse Spring Festival. I think so. And uh, also, um, Nicole, I need to m- remind people that the Italian Film Festival is winding up very shortly. Uh, and uh, I have to say that um, it's been an, an, another interesting one, but uh, hot on its heels is the, fish, the British Film Festival, um, oh, which wow. is opening on the 19th of October running through to the 16th of November. And I got along to see a preview of Fisherman's Friends 2, one and ah. all. Now, this is a follow-up to uh, the um, movie about uh, the the sea shanty band, basically. Yes. Um, yeah, I loved and, that. Uh, it's that a lot was of beautiful. Fun. Yes. Yeah, uh, set in Cornwall um, and uh, featuring, um, well, the story of uh, how the lads – um, who have sort of fallen, stumbled into a, a recording career or an entertainment career, how, how they fare and how, how they deal with um, uh, the death of one of their members and how they replace him. Uh, so it's got a, a mixture of, you know, wonderful scenery of Cornwall um, and a bit of romance thrown in, um, played by, uh, and the, played, uh, with the focus of the romance, being played by um, real-life Irish singer, songwriter Imelda May, who plays the role of um, volatile rock singer Aubrey Flynn, who's visiting... Um, the town and uh, has a bit of uh, a connection with um, Jim, who's um, Jane, played by James Purefoy. Um, and uh, anyway, so it's uh, it's a lot of fun. And um, if you're a sea shanty kind of person, uh, you'll, <laughs> well, you'll really love enjoy. the scenery in that beautiful in the first movie. It's just gorgeous. Yes, yeah. and I think it is in Doc Martin territory too, around there. Possibly, it might be. Yes, those gorgeous villages and those uh, wonderful um, seascapes. Uh, but anyway, but this one is. Um, uh, directed by Nick Moorcroft and, as I say, um, a great cast, including the wonderful Maggie Steed, whom I'm old enough to remember, starring in Pie in the Sky. I don't know if you ever remember mm. that. With Richard Griffiths years ago, the wife of um, uh, the wife of the restaurateur. And um, anyway, but she's a little bit older but uh, still in, in good form and she plays uh, the mother of um, Jim. But anyway, it's, uh, yeah, it's, it's a good, fun romp. And uh, one of many films that... Um, it will be well worth checking out. It sounds um, like it over the, over the, uh, the I'm next looking few weeks. at the um, the the book that you've you've given me to there, running from the 19th of October to the 16th of November. So if you weren't up for sub or sur titles <laughs> <That's right. laughs> with the Italian Film Festival, which is you know usually you know pretty well done for most of them, um, and you're thinking more in the British frame of mind, that's a nice one. There's a whole book. There's a whole book. That's of right, and of course it's all online. On. It's, it's the tenth anniversary of. Um, can't believe it. And if you're a James Bond fan, there's a big James Bond festival as well. Oh wow! Yeah, so, yes, uh, of course. Yeah, plenty of uh, plenty to enjoy. I think mainly at the Palace Cinemas, I do believe. Yes. Um, yeah, so, uh, yes, looking forward to checking out some more of those. 
And that's quite a nice one. I know that um, in my book club over the weekend, I didn't actually get to my book club because I was at the um, uh, family reunion, but they talked a lot about uh, Richard E. Grant. And yes. um, there's actually an evening with Richard E. Grant, A Pocket Full of Happiness. We were talking about um, the book that he'd written. Oh, yes. And Dealing with reading grief. that. Mm. Absolutely. And yes. uh, some of the, um, the the wonderful things that he has to say there, which people were quite intrigued and interested by as well. So a lot of it's um, to do with um, the, uh, the loss of his wife. Of, I think they were together for 38 years. She died, I think, about a year ago, Joan Washington. And, um, yeah, and apparently she was the title of the book, um, supposed to have come from uh, her saying to him and to their daughter, um, you know, I know that, you know, you're going to miss me, but um, I want you to try each day to find a pocket full of happiness, something in the day to, uh, you know, to enrich your life. Isn't that um, beautiful? Yeah, so, yes. Um, anyway, so a, a, gift, a, a gift of love, as you might say. Yes. Yeah, mm. So he's um, able to be seen um, at different places in Melbourne. It's the Hamer. Arts Centre, but it's not until the 18th of November. Yeah, not until Mm. the 18th of November, so a little way out there as well. But I know that's in in the British Film Festival um, uh, book and catalogue there for all of the wonderful things that are on at the moment. So that's quite a a nice one to get along to as well. Um, And we've been thinking with our book club, you know, we often pick themes of things that we like to read for the following year and we've started to organise you know, what we might do as our end-of-year celebration. So often we pick a high tea somewhere oh, or, a, or a dinner somewhere. Oh, yeah. And uh, Clunes have their book. Um, oh, the book fair or whatever. Book fair coming yes. up as well. So we thought we'd all go and do that this year and go away for a weekend. I think we were supposed to go during lockdown and we, of course, oh, were unable to. Oh, uh, so we're going to do that. And um. instead of using our contemporary, you know, books that we've been selecting and going through a bit of a process, we're thinking we might go back to some of the classics. Oh, so yes. some of the ones that we've gone... I've always meant, you know, I've always wanted to read that or yeah. I haven't read that or I'd like to read that I again. I want to reread it. Um, yes. Or may want to reread. So mm. we're putting a classics list together. Oh, um, right. But someone did mention, you know, we could do all autobiographies or, um, you know, interesting people's um, biographies. Mm. And uh, so there's the, the themes that are coming out this year. So I'm quite liking that because oh, I yes. think I could uh, backtrack a little bit before moving forward because there's a few <laughs> few things that I still have outstanding that would like to read as well. All right, wonderful British Film Festival, not to forget that one. Well, coming up next, we have Bridie Hooper, who is going to join us shortly. Um, and she is part of the Fringe Festival. So um, let's have a, a little tune before we do that and uh, we'll get Bridie on the line. It's 11 minutes past five o'clock and you're with Nicole and Barbara on Big Life Conversation. And that was Sunroof by Nikki Your Daisy. Uh, you're on Big Life Conversation. It is 14 minutes past five o'clock. And uh, we have our second guest on the line with us. And that was Hold Me Closer by Elton John. Uh, and uh, we have a collab with Britney Spears. It's a nice uh, update on that one. Um, I believe we now have our wonderful guest online. <laughs> Apologies to our guest. Um, Bridie Hooper, welcome to the show. Thanks for coming Hello. on board. 
Thank you so much for having me. Lovely to have you with us. Uh, Bridie, it's Barbara here, and um, we do appreciate you taking some time out because uh, to chat to because I gather it's a busy time. You've got this interesting-sounding show. It's opening tomorrow. Is that right? To Ingress. Yes, it is. Yeah, I've actually just walked out of the theatre. We finished bumping today, so now it's time to go home and uh, get myself ready psychologically, and, and yeah, and kick off tomorrow evening. Yeah. Good on you. Now, now you actually um, you've uh, created this piece, and you're actually performing in it too. Is that right? Yeah, I am. Yeah, so I'm sort of I sort of directed, produced, and perform in in this wow. work. So wow. it's kind of yeah, triple threat. Bit of a triple threat. I've got some amazing support and a great team. Um, and I've been working actually with the amazing Susie D. She's a local theatre director, and another artist, Todd Kilby, as sort of outside eyes this week in our rehearsal period to gear us up for the season. And it's been fantastic. So it hasn't been such a solo venture this time, which is great. A lot of support. Now, is it down, going to be held down at the headquarters down in Paran, the National Institute of Circus Arts down there, is that right? It is, exactly. It's here at NICA. We've, um, you know, they've got their amazing space, one of which is this incredible training centre that can be converted into this black box theatre, and that's where we're setting up for the week. Fantastic. Now, NICA, is, it's, is it the one and only circus training ground in Australia for circus artists? It is for if you want to go into university and do it as a course oh, and wow. as part of your studies. Yeah, mm-hmm. so it's a pretty amazing thing and um, very distinguished, you know, school and facility because of that. And I guess, you know, the sorry, facilities that they do have here really are, you know, they're state-of-the-art, they're incredible. Um, and there's definitely not many spaces across Australia where you can get that kind of that kind of action. So, and that kind yeah, of training, exactly. Because Circus yeah. Isles is sadly no longer around, is that right? I that's my understanding at the moment. Yeah, unfortunately, their um, their facilities at the moment aren't accessible. I don't think. Um, oh, sure. But we're yeah seeing seeing what happens there. Yeah. And um, I was going to say that the Flying Fruit Fly Circus. So I try saying that after a drink or two. Um, <laughs> I, think, I think they're still around, aren't they? In Albury, is that is that correct? They are. They. I actually did my last two years of high school at Flying Fruit Fly oh, Circus. Oh, yeah. Fantastic. Yeah, I moved moved into state when I was sixteen to oh. go and finish off my studies. You know, I wanted to kind of do the best I could in my high school studies and then also get the best training I possibly could to pursue a career in circus. So I went to Fruit Flies and they're, again, an amazing group and organisation and also have an incredible space to be training and bringing people together and and doing circus, sharing circus and also now, you know, the skill and whatnot that's coming out of um, Fruit Fly Circus is also really astounding. Mm. It's amazing. Exactly. So circus is really... um is it being taken more seriously now? It's not just about fun and games. I mean, in the last few years, it seems to have really stepped up in terms of its profile. I think it really has. We're definitely seeing circus mm. be, you know... I mean, when I when I was kind of growing up, the idea of doing... When I was 16, saying, I want to have a career in circus. <laughs> Run away to join the circus. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right, exactly. And it still does carry a little bit of that stigma, unfortunately. Yeah, but there's, yes, circus is a huge, internationally renowned art form. Um and can deliver, you know, incredible shows and experiences for audiences. And not only that, it is such an in, like an amazing, um, amazing thing to do. It's really for for people, you know. I, I to, imagine to get you together have. And... Sorry, I was just going to say, I imagine you have yeah. a amazing level of fitness as well. So um, <laughs> <That's>... <laughs> the training That's required. It's just to like being an athlete, I guess. You have to be you're really on top of your game, don't you? You do, yeah, yeah. You definitely that that is, you know, part of the fun of it. You do stay fit, which is great. 
Yeah. And does this mean a special diet and a health regime? Because Nicole's background mm. is in nutrition. <laughs> oh, wow. I should probably be picking your brain about vaccines, <laughs> really. No, I tend to, um, look, to be really honest, I've probably become a little more conscious of what I eat as I get a bit older, only because I realise that I, I often lack iron. Yes. So I'm kind of trying Are you vegetarian or vegan? I'm actually not. Yeah. Okay. So, but yeah, just the amount, I think in athletes, it's like yes, the amount required your demand. is yeah, double higher. what you normally yeah. would need. Yeah. All so trying muscles. to get a little more on top of that. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, wonderful. I was just going to ask what your training regime would be because I imagine it's it's quite extensive as I, we were just yeah. talking to someone who's, you know, talking about rehearsals from a play perspective, but this is kind of the same thing, but there's also the physical aspect as well. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I definitely... Um, kicking into the kind of the pre-work I did before this season was probably a more extensive regime for me. It can kind of fluctuate depending on what you're sort of, what you're doing. When you, yeah. when I was working full-time for a circus company, obviously it, it's quite non-stop. Yes. Um, but it's also different because you kind of maintain a different sort of stamina. Whereas stepping into this work, which is really, because it's a solo work as well, it requires a different kind of physical ability, I suppose, um, and endurance. So I really made sure you know, weeks and weeks before that I started going to the gym every morning. I spent a couple hours at the gym. Then I generally go into the studio and start doing rehearsals, which is kind of, you know, experiencing and experimenting with more of the physical languages of the shows. Um, and then also always make sure to have some sort of stretch, cool down component to that as well, just to make sure that your your body's feeling limber. But other than that, it's that sort of it really. It's pretty that, she says. But you, but you, you obviously <laughs> love it. For some of us, it would be a, yes. real, a real chore. You obviously yeah. love doing it. I, I do, but you know that doesn't mean that it doesn't require a huge amount of determination and self-discipline. Well. Yes, and a mm. lot of self-discipline. Yeah, and it can be. You know, there are days like we all have when you just go, "Oh gosh, I, I just, I don't think I can do it." <laughs> but um, you know, it's always the motivation of then putting on the work and having sharing it with audiences and all the rest is mm. obviously makes it very. Very real and very reasonable to just be forging forward and doing what you can. That's fantastic. And what about costumes and lighting and music? Is this, is this one of these sort of uh, really dazzling kind of sort of shows that we can expect to see? Well, that's a really interesting question. It's Obviously, there is a very considered lighting, costume and music component. Um, the lighting has been done by an amazing um, lighting designer, Jason Glenwright, who's based in Brisbane. So he's just come down and finished up with us. And I would say it's quite... The lighting is quite, uh, it sort of slips out of these sort of dark, shadowy um, kind of inner thinkings into much more kind of glorious, um, ritualistic um, kind of hybrid moments. So it's mm. quite, it oscillates across the show. It's mm. quite interesting. And the costume design has been done by Gail Saronda, who's a, an Australian fashion designer, actually, also wow. based in Brisbane. Mm-hmm. Um, and she kind of, her work is, it kind of, plays with this gothic romantic kind of the duality of this sense of divine feminine and the masculine. Um, so her work is also incredibly interesting, working with lots of kind of monochromatic schemes. Oh, that sounds amazing. White and black and, yeah, so she's come in and done um, the costuming, which is beautiful. And then uh, Todd Kilby, um, also known as Banquet Darling, which is his, actually his, his band, but <laughs> he's done sound design and that's mostly been kind of like choosing a selection of, songs, existing songs, and then kind of working them into the show and ah. um, finding what fits. So again, yes. it's a nice eclectic mix of music from kind of, you know, interesting, heavy kind of electronic 
um, music to Van Morrison to yeah, all sorts of <laughs> Quite things. Quite eclectic. Yeah. That's great. Sounds like yeah. a show. <laughs> yeah. And Brian, I was going to ask you, um, you've done um, some study overseas as well, I see, just checking out your interesting bog. And, um, yeah. So you've, you were uh, in... Um, in Montreal at the École Nationale des Cirques de Montréal, pardon yeah. my schoolgirl French. Um, but how was that? Oh, it was amazing. I mean, it was many years ago now. I, I moved over there when I was 18 and completed four years of study there, I think. Wow. Yeah, four years. Did you become bilingual um, or could you speak French before? Or did you need to speak French? No, I, I became bilingual when I was there. Oh, yeah, so I really, that was partly one of the drawcards. I loved the idea of going to learn another mm. language and sort of being immersed in that kind of um, Quebecois culture. Mm. Um, so it was fantastic. It was it was hard. The winters were hard. Yes, you know, yes. Coming from northern New South Wales where it doesn't get Bit too chilly. Bit of a shock. <laughs> yes. Yeah, exactly. And so young as well to go overseas as well. That's I was, a big move. Yeah. Mm. It was my first trip overseas and <gasps> I was... <laughs> oh, I was, yeah, I was excited and I was definitely terrified, but I'm really glad I did it. Yeah, That's wonderful. Yeah. And you also um, worked in Germany as well, um, I gather. Yes, yes. So I, once I completed my studies in Montreal, I did some touring throughout um, kind of North America with a Montreal company and then headed over to Germany and lived in Hanover for about five months, oh, wow. I think it was. How's Hanover your German? Did you pick up German too? Terrible. <laughs> Definitely didn't. No, sadly not. French was um, a bit easier for you. <laughs> yeah, it was, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so we've done, I have been doing a bit of touring on and off in Germany, so it was nice to, it was a great kind of initial way to to meet that country and spend some time there and be doing shows and whatnot. So, oh, yeah. wow. And what about Cirque du Soleil? Do you have any opinions about Cirque du Soleil? Uh, that um, you can you'd like to offer to us? Oh, I mean, I think Cirque du Soleil for me they were they were to be really honest one of the companies that inspired me when I was ten years old. Oh, okay, to, yes. You know, become a circus artist. Yes. What they were doing was so groundbreaking. They were really elevating. Well, I'd, maybe I won't use the word elevating, but they were really kind of experimenting with the form of circus. It's mm. sort of you know steering it away from a more kind of traditional context and and really yes. playing with. The magic of it and the possibility of and it. The and the theatre of it all too, wasn't it? Yeah, the yeah. theatre of it, the mm. scale of it. So, um, yeah, I really, you know, I really love Cirque du Soleil. I'm, I've, I haven't seen any of their works in a long, long time. Um, and obviously there's, there were some kind of bigger complications there when the whole pandemic happened. Yes, and, of course. And I'm not sure kind of where its standing is now, but still have a lot of friends who work with them who really enjoy it. So, Yeah. I mean, the more the more art you can be making and putting into the world, I know. the better, right? And, and something so yeah. positive as that too, because um, I think regardless of your age or, or it's like a universal language, I guess, that, that circus sort of uh, we can all understand really, no matter our age or our background really. So yep. Yep. yeah, And so what about um, Nika itself though? So it's been around for how long now? Nika? Mm-hmm. Ah, gosh. Um, that's a really good question. <laughs> I think I wouldn't be able to tell you, actually. I, having not studied here myself, unfortunately, I can't a few tell years you how now. It's a, it's a few years now, though. I'm aware of that. And um, in terms of uh, people getting work after they've been through the courses, I mean, um, I, well, there, there is a bit of work around either both in Australia and overseas by the sound of it. Is that right? There's, yeah, there's a lot, and that's what we're seeing, I think, is that there's just such an increased demand for, you know, circus artists as well, because we're seeing so much more circus in the world, whether yes. it be national or international. Like, I mean, Australia at the moment, and it kind of has for a while, is seeing some incredible things happening with companies like, you know, Circa and GOM, um, just 
I mean, and there's a handful of, or even more of other great independent works, like workers and companies and whatnot that are putting on shows with acrobats and all the rest. Mm, so, mm, bring a yeah, bit of joy definitely. to the world again. Yeah, yes, yeah, after lockdown, we're, we're looking forward exactly. to Exactly. And in terms of your, your career um, as a performer, um, can you put an age on it? Or are you going to keep on doing this as long as you can and, and as, you know, <laughs> as long as you stay fit and, and relatively uh, unscathed? <laughs> I think if, I think the thing is if you don't stop, you just can keep going, yes. right? Yeah. Something like that. Mm, I agree. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, I'm really hoping that I can, you know, obviously even now being 30, nearly 33, there's a lot of changes that happen in your body and what you're kind of able to do and whatnot, but... I'm not. I'm not even considering that as any sort of limitation, but more a um, perhaps a suggestion of what else is possible. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Sure. Another, yeah. another stepping off point, so to speak. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. I was just interested in a little bit of your creative process. So you mentioned the music that is going to be through the the show. How mm-hmm. do you go about? Um, I guess the choreography is it. You hear the music first, and then you work to that. Um, really, yeah, that's a great question. I I play with a lot of different kind of musical textures. So I kind of make a playlist of heaps of different stuff. Um, and during the creative process, I sort of have an idea of what it is that I'm exploring physically. And then that kind of becomes, okay, well, what is this actually exploring conceptually, perhaps? Is it tying back into my, to my greater kind of journey and the dramaturgy of the work? Um, and then... Todd was the one who kind of helped me go, mm, I think actually this, maybe try this song or no, 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 this is making this way too apparent. We need something that has a slightly different texture. Um, so it's very kind of, it's a conversation and it kind of is a very give and take. And then mm. at the same time, there were some songs that I was like, you know, from the get go, I was like, I, I want, I know yes. that I really want this in the yes. work. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. So oh, it's, it very just sort good. Of fluctuates really, yeah. Everyone has a very different creative process and sometimes it's different amongst you know, within Absolutely. the one individual as well, it's it's what inspires you most, I guess. Yeah, and I think I'm still, to be really honest, I'm still learning what my creative process is. Like, this is my first work that I've created independently. So whilst I've been very, very involved in the creative process of an organisation for, you know, over nine years, um, it's really interesting to, to step out and be discovering, yeah, what your own creative voice is and what your process is. And like you said, even that isn't, you know, individually it can, can change from project to project yeah. as well. Yeah, sure. Yes. I yeah. have to ask this, Bridie, before we let you go, do you perform with a net? <laughs> do you need to perform with a net? I don't mean a hair net, I mean a net to, to, to protect it, to save you if you fall. Or is, or is that giving too much no. away if, I, if you answer that? <laughs> no, I don't. I don't, to be, I don't perform at any um, major height. Oh, okay. So, yeah. So there's, Excellent. There's no, no, super no need to worry that. about that piece <laughs> that as did. well. That's a relief. Thank you. <laughs> for your concern. <laughs> so tell us now um, when the show is and where we can get tickets. Yeah, of course. It's so obviously in underway. It is, yeah, it's happening from the 11th until the 15th of October, so which is Tuesday open, to, opening night tomorrow. Tuesday to Saturday? Yep. Is that every evening, is Saturday. it? Saturday. Yep, every evening at 7.30pm. And how long does and the show actually run for the next session? It runs for approximately 55 minutes. Okay. Probably mm-hmm. closer to the hour, actually. Yep. Um, and tickets are available on the Melbourne Fringe website. So if you, you know, Google, Google Melbourne Fringe sure. events, ingress, and it'll come up there. Absolutely. And it's a show for the whole family, I gather, as they say? It's, I would say it's probably more of a PG show. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Um, Good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. It's probably better for audiences sort of 15 and older. Yes, um, sure. But, yeah, that's just sort of 
that's what I would sort of suggest, I suppose, yeah. Excellent. Well, looking forward to seeing more and we will put that link also on our Big Life Conversation Facebook page as well. Um, get along to see Bridie Hooper. Uh, you know, wonderful show at the Melbourne Fringe. Thanks so much for speaking with us today. Thank you so much for having me. All the best and break wonderful. a leg, so to speak, Bridie. <laughs> yeah, thank you. Take care. Take care. Bye. Bye.
that was Sweet Creature by Harry Styles there. And before that, we were speaking to wonderful fringe artist uh, Bridie Hooper, who is um, performing as part of the Melbourne Fringe Festival, um, expert in all circus arts, I believe. So um, if you're looking to get along there, uh, you can Google the Melbourne Fringe Festival and you can also look on our Facebook page. I'll post that up shortly yes, as well. Yes, and that show is called Ingress, running from Ingress, Tuesday sorry, to yes. Saturday at 7 o'clock down in, uh, at NICA, NICA at um, National Institute of Circus Arts down in Paran. Nice one. So I'm going to change the tune a little bit. We've been doing all entertainment so far, but I'm going to sneak in with a bit of science and a few nutrition tips. And as I mentioned earlier, I wanted to talk about cholesterol and how to lower your cholesterol naturally. Um, So, you know, there are quite a few natural remedies out there to lower cholesterol levels. And often some of them um, offer promising quick results, some not so effective and others quite effective. Um, But there are a number of things that can keep cholesterol in check. Um, And it can be as simple as swapping out a few foods in your diet and opting for some more healthy ones and uh, even switching up your workout routine um, or putting a supplement or two in the mix. So Mm -hmm. I just wanted to talk to people about cholesterol in general. So most people get their their lipid levels checked and they come back with a cholesterol panel. And there's usually a total cholesterol um, item and there's uh, an LDL cholesterol. And LDL cholesterol is the one that we want to have low. So I think of low density um, lipids being you want them low. So Mm. that's the one that we want to have low. High density cholesterol is the good oils. So they're your things such as your omega-3s and and the um, cholesterol that we actually do need. I mean, cholesterol is one of those things that's really, really important for hormone production um, for a number of different processes in the body. So we don't want no cholesterol. No, we do need it. We absolutely Mm. do need it. Um, But the most troublesome one is what's called triglycerides. And the triglycerides are those things in a lot of packaged goods. They're fats. Um, They can be in the form of saturated fats. And these are the ones that are usually synthesized or gone through a chemical process. And they're also the ones that hang on to our arteries and veins and can stick around and make things quite sticky. So they're, they're quite toxic, those ones in particular. But it's the LDL ones that can be also quite adhesive. Um, but the HDL ones are the ones we need to have high. So quite interesting. One of the remedies for high cholesterol is to have more good oils. Okay. Which is kind of contradicting Mm. what some people think, oh, I need to keep my fats and oils low. Actually, if you have more omega-3, the ratio from good to bad fats, you need almost twice to three times and some have said up to seven times as much of the good oils, which will combat and actually help the lower and the high, um, sorry, the LDL cholesterol to lower. Um, So that is one thing you can do. And where is all of our omega-3 found? We find the best quality and quantity items in fresh wild-caught fish, in particular Mm. the mackerel omegas, um, sardines, uh, so those very oily fish. Uh, You can also find that in your nuts and seeds, uh, linseeds, avocado, um, olive oil, to name a few as well. So there are sort of vegetarian versions often sometimes harder to get in dietary quantities at the levels that we want to as well. So um, olive oil 
is one of those really amazing heart healthy unsaturated fats and extra virgin being the top drop and it is shown to be um, reducing LDL cholesterol levels enhances heart health um, what I always tend to say is vegetables is the other key uh, key thing because fiber is the answer to many cholesterol issues sometimes people take their you know, go off carbohydrates. So they go off grains and cereals. It could be an allergy. It could be an intolerance. But what they then miss out on is fiber, which is so essential. It's almost like an emulsifier for fats and it removes them from the body. Mm. Um, So the more fiber that you can get from a vegetable source is great. Um, And they're also high in some of the phytonutrients, which are amazing for reducing cholesterol. Um, Lots of good healthy fats in our nuts and seeds. Um, Also knowing um, one review of 25 studies showed that eating more healthy nuts was associated with lower um, levels of total and LDL cholesterol plus decreased triglycerides. So that's a a winner. Going with that is seeds as well. Flax seeds with the omega-3, as I mentioned earlier. Flax seeds and linseeds are the same. I mentioned the fish, but turmeric is another amazing one. So turmeric is is quite powerful and has been shown to reduce levels of LDL cholesterol in the blood. So often when people come to see me, the first things I will look at is what's their omega-3 levels, what's their fibre content in their diet, Mm. and how much water are they drinking as Uh well. So fibre and water almost being those very basic first ports of call and then tackling food. Um, So the omega-3, turmeric's really great. The other amazing one, and you can get this in supplement form or just feed yourself, is garlic. Oh, yeah. So garlic is quite beneficial for cholesterol levels um, according to one review of 39 studies so a meta-analysis consuming garlic regularly for at least two months can lower cholesterol levels and reduce heart risk immediately so um, two months of doing that is is quite amazing uh, our right. beans and legumes so if you're a veggie out there uh, you don't have to go for the the salmon but um The beans and legumes are quite rich in fibre, peas also, uh, and quite uh, linked to a lot of studies in lowering cholesterol. And some others further down the line are things such as sweet potato, green tea, um, persimmon. Mm. So not something that I eat a lot of, but um, when it's in season, it's quite amazing. The fiber in it is quite great for lowering cholesterol in adults. Avocados, we mentioned further, it's got some good fats. It's got some potassium and fiber, good for the heart health. Um, Gluten-free whole grains. So if you're gluten intolerant um, and wanting to reduce things, buckwheat, Quinoa, brown rice are the things to stick with. So there's some good foods to keep your good fats high and your bad fats low and reduce some cholesterol there as well. Obviously, on the flip side, take out things like alcohol, coffee, (laughs) trans fats, um, And you can also, if you're having, if it's quite high, before going down the front of 
pharmaceuticals, so statins, which are less and less used by doctors nowadays unless there's, you know, you're right at the high extreme end of the scale. They've been controversial, haven't they? They have been Mm. and they can actually um, cause um, a bit of a digestive upset. Mm. So they do eat away at the digestive system and they can have other side effects as well. Mm. But um, a lot of people don't tolerate them very well. And causes other than issues, then people then have to medicate those issues oh, and so gosh, on and so yes. forth. Merry round. It is. So the fish oil you could supplement if you're not a fish fan. And I'd recommend um, around 2,000 milligrams daily at a minimum to get that effective levels. CoQ10 is also amazing. Um, two to 300 milligrams daily of CoQ10. This is um, an amazing enzyme or ubiquinol as it's also called um, is one of um, its forms. Um, and it removes excess cholesterol by preventing atherosclerosis to keep oh, your arteries okay. clear. Niacin, so a lovely B3 vitamin is also good. So your B vitamins and that was also beneficial for your HDL, your good cholesterol as well. Mm-hmm. Um, red yeast rice. Um, yeah, it's, it's derived from white rice that's undergone fermentation. So Uh fermented foods are quite amazing. Mm -hmm. Uh, and I've already mentioned garlic, so you can have about 500 milligrams of garlic today or crush some and drink it down with a juice or however you might like to do it. I pickle them and you can eat them quite easy like a pickled onion. And if you have a partner, it's probably a good idea if they have the same. (laughs) Yes, and not before work. Uh, So so that would be the other one as well. Exercise is important, getting some aerobic exercise and some resistance training. Um, There are some essential oils like lavender, cypress and rosemary that are also good as well. Um, But generally speaking, you can check in with your diet first and foremost. So they're my little tips. um, And, and, you know, we do know that women of a certain age, um, (laughs) such as myself, we we don't have (laughs) estrogen, which would normally help keep our cholesterol lowered. So we, we sort of sort of perimenopause, postmenopause, we are on par with our male counterparts in how we might accumulate cholesterol it in the blood. dangerous for the heart. And it can be specifically post that time frame for that reason. Mm. So hopefully that's helpful for many people out there. Thank you very much. Yes, it is indeed. Um, well, we've um, still got a few minutes. Can I uh, tell you what gets up my nerves? Oh, let's do that. You want to do, tell me what let's gets up yours? Um, we were mentioning off air. I was mentioning to you off air about... Um, the uh, climate activists um, who uh, had a staged a little protest at the National Guard of Victoria today on the last day, the Picasso exhibition. They did, didn't they? And they stuck their hands to one of Picasso's works. Now, apparently, according to what I heard um, on another radio station and one of the people was being interviewed, um, they apparently did check out uh, beforehand. They had sort of uh, cased the joint and checked out to see that they wouldn't be damaging uh, a painting. It was covered with perspex and they wouldn't be damaging it. But I guess, you know, uh, the proof is in the pudding. You don't know what's going to happen uh, once you get stuck to these things and you have to be removed. Who knows? But suffice to say, I don't know about you, Nicole, but that gets up my nose. It was the last day of the exhibition. Uh, does Picasso have anything to say about climate change? I like, or would he have if he was alive today? I don't know. I just thought it was an inappropriate time and place. Um, some people think that there's no such thing as bad publicity and any publicity is, is good. Well, in this case, I beg to differ. And um, anyway, I just think that that was not a good move and I'm, apparently I'm not alone in that. No. And I'm sympathetic to the whole cause, but I just think there are ways and means of expressing uh, your concern. And um, pe- what makes my day? People who actually make you know make their point um, in a way that um, is constructive and is not violent and is not downright annoying or massively inconvenient <laughs> to uh, a lot of people. 
Yeah, no, I I hear you on that one. And, you know, is it worth a criminal record? Indeed, that's something else to consider. <laughs> that's something else to consider. If they'd been outside the gallery, um, fair enough, with some signs or placards or whatever. But I think for some people who'd been there on the last day of the exhibition, they thought, you know, I, I could have done without that. And yeah, I am, you know, aware of climate change and the issues and thank you. I didn't need to have it sort of pushed into my face while I'm at the art exhibition. And pe- perhaps they were preaching the converter because usually people who go to art galleries are usually people who are, you know, reasonably educated, informed or wanting to, you know, to... Uh, well, have their their you know their um, um, fingers on the pulse of some of these you know events that are going on in the world. So yeah. anyway, yeah, no, I, I hear you on that one. My um, what gets up my nose was conversations uh, that we had at our family reunion, not related to our family, but um, and also was quite prevalent for me in India around older people and how really precious they are, but how some older people are not being looked after and and perhaps their family members not looking after them and kind of that whole elder abuse where you sort of put them away, don't see them, so don't care about them. Um, Mm. They could have mental health issues, et cetera, and people just go, oh, that's too hard. Um, but from the you know the beautiful reunion we had where we you know caught up with such amazing fonts of knowledge with such beautiful stories I mean that really makes my day yes. um, and to, to think that you know people are cared for in their older years and respected and you know so that whole ageism and also that kind of elder abuse where they're neglected is is really gets up my nose. Oh, yes, it's tragic it's horrible. Not fun at all. Indeed. Um, and while we've still got a few minutes left, if I could also go back to the Fringe for a second. Mm. Uh, there's a rather confronting show on at the Darabin Arts Speakeasy down at, um, I was known as the Northcote Town Hall. Um, this is called Bat, S-H, Bleep, T. Um, <laughs> anyway, um, it's been described as a horror show of guttural physicality, Freudian lip sync, pseudo-hypnosis and Prozac-laden humour. It's created and performed by Leah Shelton. And it's running from the 5th to the 15th of October. It just goes for 15 minutes. And that, that sounds like, um, as I say, a bit of a dark comic kind of piece. So if you're, if you're game, you can check that Ooh. one out and go to the Melbourne um, Fringe uh, website for that one as well. I might do that. All right. It is oh, about eight minutes to six o'clock. We might have another tune before we come back and say goodbye. Um, and this one is uh, I Wish You Well by Bernard Fanning, one that we like here in Australia. It is. I'm just going to wish you well, which we will do towards the end of the show. It's five minutes to six o'clock. Shortly after our show, we will have the wonderful people with Primary Perspectives joining you for some good information. Um, but we've had a, a good show, a great show today. We've had Bridget Burton from Baggage Production talking about Mad Woman monologues and the wonderful Bridie Hooper um, from her show on Fringe Festival as well. Um, Inception, did you say? I want to say Inception, but that's not the name. Ingress. 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 I want to say Inception. Ingress. I think I'm thinking as in of a entrance. movie. Yes, Ingress. Yes. Ingress. That's right. Um, so any last little notices from you, Barbara, before we wrap up today? Yes, thank you, Nicole. I um, just want to remind people that, oh, just let people know, actually, I discovered, I have discovered a new gallery. I'm not sure how long it's been around. It's called Blue Thumb. It's down in, um, in Richmond. Yes. And, um, I've heard about that. Yeah, apparently they specialise in the, uh, promoting the works of Australian artists. Good for yes. them. And the latest exhibition they've got on at the moment is for the one and only Ken Doon. Um, pronounced Ken Doon, some pronounce it Ken Dunn, but anyway, um, it's uh, anyway. I'm a bit, a bit of a fan for a while. He was um, 
you know, very, very successful you know, some years back and with these wonderful multi-coloured ex- extravaganzas. And oh, it yes. spawned a whole lot of uh, tea Clothing, towels, you name it. Jumpers. Exactly. T-shirts. I had the yes. matching T-shirt with the then boyfriend. But, um, <laughs> but uh, look, look, anyway, um, as I say, some people were not Duna fans. covers. Exactly. So the sky was there. But anyway, he was a very clever guy. Um, and anyway, he's, but they're actually showcasing 20 years or 20 of the of um, the last years of his output. And um, anyway, it's running until, um, I think, I believe, uh, till November. And I think it's worthwhile checking. I'd like to get down and see it. Sounds and he's, um, he's always been a proud supporter, apparently, of the Blue Thumb Gallery and in trying to encourage us to go full time. And he's judged... Um, uh, the Blue Thumb Art Prizes in 2020 and 2021, and he's donated one of his artworks for auction to further his UNICEF ambassadorship. Aww. So good on him. And, uh, yeah, so uh, as I say, that could be a, a cheerful way to spend a, a day uh, checking out some of those wonderful artworks of Ken Dones down at um, 330 Bridge Road in Richmond. Yes, if you've forgotten it. we I mean, there was an, a show on recently that was showing the... Um uh, the Australian Cup, the sorry, the East, uh, Melbourne the, Cup. No, no, um, boat race. <laughs> oh yes, yes. Yeah. Uh, off Western Australia, America's Cup. America's Cup yes, but yes. well, they called it the America's Cup, and then we won it yes, for the first exactly. time ever. Exactly. And um, I know that there was lots of Kendone sported in the background of oh, that because right. it was in that time frame, and yes. he had lots of sea and boats and that kind of colour around mm. as well in a lot of his work. So. Yeah, it's hard to feel miserable when I think when you look when you see his stuff. I just think it's. Uh, <laughs> Gives you a, a shot of cheer or joy, and um, yeah, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a bit of a fan. Yeah, but, uh, no, that's great. Well, thanks everyone for listening in this evening. Um, hopefully, you have enjoyed the show. And if you would like to, um, as we said at the start of the show, like to post anything on our Facebook page, Big Life Conversation, put a request for a song or even a topic, we might see if we can help you with that um, as something a bit new. Um, next week, we've got a few couple of mystery guests. Mystery guests, mm-hmm. um, but we will be back with you at four o'clock till six o'clock for your drive time. This is Big Life Conversation. Um, Ciao for now. Arrivederci.